Hello, and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This week's episode is with Maria Hironas. Right now, she works at Reddit with a really cool job. But beyond that, she just has a remarkably cool story. She was signed at 11 years old and was a singer-songwriter up until about 17. She's worked in music, PR, and publicity. She's worked at Google and YouTube. But beyond job titles, I just love her outlook on life, perspective, and mission statement in making the world a better place and how she's doing that, educating people and genuinely being there to help make things better. The way she explains that, what we talked about in this episode was very, very cool. She's very candid. She's very honest. She shares her very lowest lows and some of her highest highs. She shares outlooks on how to get in touch with people and how to get these jobs that maybe you didn't think you'd be able to. Um, And she shares her experiences in what that was like for her to do such a thing and kind of go from independent music to then working at such large companies. So overall, I feel like this episode was just an incredibly insightful one with amazing conversation. Every now and then I'll do a podcast like this and just overall it isn't one specific topic. It's just an hour of remarkably good conversation. I walked away from this feeling so much more inspired, so much more educated, so much more hopeful. Uh, And if I go any further than that, I'm just going to ramble. So let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Let's go. Where are all my friends, Maria Hironas? And I am pretty excited about this because In a lot of ways, this episode is a long time coming, but also we've really more recently reconnected and we met each other forever ago back in what feels like a different lifetime of music. Definitely. And from then until now, I really don't know what you've been up to, but I have the feeling after reconnecting that this is going to be a great conversation and that you've been up to some pretty cool things. So thank you for doing this. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. Um, but yeah, definitely always good to be doing hanging out with cool people that do cool shit. You know? Yeah, that's what I try to do. <laughs> that's basically it, really. But for a listener who doesn't know who you are and what you currently do, what is that brief explanation? Totally. So my name is Maria Hironas. I work at Reddit. Uh, And if you're familiar and if you're not familiar, it is a platform for communities. And I currently do senior media partnerships manager for talent. That's a fancy title. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember when they gave it to me, I was like, man, this is going to be a hard one to say over and over again. But basically, the TLDR is that I work with creators on the platform. So helping them, people that are currently on the platform, bringing them on the platform, educating people. Um, And also just content mining for that matter. A big focus of ours is making sure people know how to use Reddit to create content. Interesting. Yeah. So I was immediately interested in this. And typically I talk about backstories and we will do that. But on this topic, because I am so intrigued, Reddit is obviously a huge fucking platform. I think it's top 10 websites in the world. Yep. Is that right? Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. So like massive. But when I was thinking about your role, I was actually like, I genuinely have questions and I'm generally interested in that because I didn't know that Reddit prioritized that. I didn't know that that was a role and I didn't know that Reddit focused on helping creators create on Reddit because to me, I feel like it's more of like an internet forum and more of just like a random discussions. Mm. So I'm so curious like what that role looks like and the people like, like, if, if somebody is listening to this as a creator, like what does what does Reddit want people to do or what is your focus? Like, how do you help people use the platform properly? Totally. Yeah, I think th- those are all the common insights I get as far as like working with partners and such. And to understand, too, like 
not to say creators haven't always been a focus for Reddit, but my role and my manager's role was birthed like March of last year. No and then shit. I was hired in June. Oh, okay. So it is relatively new. Absolutely. Yeah. It. So it's really new uh, in the sense of the role and how we're figuring out strategy. And I think as it relates to the culture of Reddit, exactly. Like the culture of Reddit is communities. First and foremost, always will be how we support our moderators, how we nurture these communities, how we give them tools to like enable themselves to you know, continue to create safe spaces um, yeah. for these for these creators and not to mention like users of the platform. Mm -hmm. um, I think as far as like my role, you know, I, I think to your point, Reddit has been a historically scary place. Really? Um, absolutely. I wasn't going to say that it was scary, but it's more just like a it's an open ground. Like yeah. it's just a it's discussion. It's anybody, anything. Totally. And I think I, I say scary in the sense of like, like any great unknown, mm. you know, like I think people come in at TikTok or Instagram even or other platforms and they're just like I don't know how to do this right yeah yeah, you yeah. Know? like what is the language what's the not so much what's the language but like how do you communicate yourself how do you express yourself on said platform exactly exactly so my job is like handhold people through that experience um and not to mention back to like the content mining aspect reddit is just kind of like ripe for the ability to like find things to react to like these funny notions of like moral queries like am i the asshole yeah. or yeah this popular one um or just even uh there's a lovely subreddit called mom for a minute for people that are seeking maternal figures that don't have them in their life asking everything from like dating advice to you know what do i do in my period or stuff like that and i so didn't know that was one there's so many beautiful communities that's honestly like i i swore off platforms after uh, a previous role of mine and I was just like, I fell in love with it. I really mm. do. Like, not that I necessarily like believe it doesn't have, it's, I don't believe Reddit's perfect. Mm. And I don't think anyone at the company would tell you that. I believe that it's a beautiful space um, that deserves to be taken care of. Well, that's actually what I'm so interested in is because to me, like Reddit is, mm, my sacred space is definitely not the right word, but like mm. it's, it, I don't look at it like social media. I look at it of like a resource where yes. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to learn this. So like, some of my subreddits is like, I love explain to me like I'm five because no one is above it, right? <laughs> That's such a good one. Yeah, it's yeah. It's so good because yeah. it's like, oh, I just want to learn something. It's something that I wouldn't think and somebody will take some crazy complex physics thing and then I'll be like, oh shit, I actually understand that fundamentally. 100%. I love any of the FIRE, financially independent, retire earlies. Like those Dude. discussions, like they're so above my head at times, but every time I'm like, I'm just going to read a little and I'm going to learn a little bit more. So it's like to me, I always look to that. And then I also love like something that I do is when an artist, like if a big enough band comes on the podcast, mm. I'll always share the podcast in that sub. Totally. And I try not to do it in like the like aggressive promotion, but I'll be like, yo, you guys, I had this conversation. I don't know if you know it existed. I think you might like it. I think you nailed it, though. Like, and I think that's often the disconnect. People like will easily go to like our slash music or else just indie heads and stuff like that. And if you're targeting their community and the right one, like that's like half the battle. So mm. I think that's really lovely that you've like taken the time to like really just find where their community is. And I think that is really the core of like what I do. Yeah. Well, I try to be really respectful with it though, because you can feel it like that's yes. I'm like when I go and do that on Reddit, I'm like, I promise you, like I'm not I don't care about the numbers. I don't care about mm. the likes. I don't like I'm like. This is because I think you would like like it. But totally. that's that's again that sacred space of Reddit. So that's where I'm so intrigued by your role there is like 
how do you encourage people? Like, what is the best practice? Yeah. Like, what is that? Good question. What have you been up to? Who uh, do you work with? What do you, what <laughs> is that? Yeah. I, I think the reality is like, because our team is so new, we're still developing like what our strategy for creators is on the platform. But I think like where we're at right now is to use Reddit, you get to formally understand like all its different features. Like there's a live streaming platform, there's a video platform, there's a, uh, a audio only like a clubhouse type of platform um, within Reddit. Literally didn't know that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's so many things you can like tap into. And I think the other thing as far as best practices go is like, think of it as like a feedback loop ecosystem. I think as often with other social media pro like platforms, you give, but mm. you don't necessarily receive. And your receiving is like following likes and comments. But imagine with Reddit, like you post your podcast and someone's like, hey, like I wanted a follow up question on this. And you went live really quickly to explain something more about a point. And then you took a clip from that and posted it on the video platform. And then someone had another question like, hey, like it'd be really cool if they did a live episode of this to follow up on this topic. So you mm. went live really quickly on Reddit and being able to continue that feedback loop of yeah. content opportunities. Um, so yeah, and I think other creators with that. And I think as far as like additional best practices, really honing in on your community. And I think what's the beauty of Reddit, it's that it's a great addition to anything. So if you have a Discord, TikTok, amongst other things, you could still find your tribe on Reddit. 69% of Reddit users don't have a TikTok account. 74% mm -hmm. don't have Snapchat. Love that the percentage is 69, yeah. my immature <laughs> self. <laughs> it's poetic to say the least. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's its own world and culture. 16 years of a platform yeah. um, that has created its own tribe. And I, I think that's pretty lovely. I love that too. And like, as you're saying that, I was thinking about it as like the difference between that and other social media platforms is I feel like knowledge is rewarded, which Oof. is so fucking rare. 100%. Like, oh, that got upvoted because you added something to a conversation because you shared something intelligent, not totally. because of like a bunch of other just like like and algorithmic metrics. Like it's like literally like, oh, did you help? Did you add to a discussion? Did you explain to somebody the best way like they were five? Cool. That's at the top now. 100%. And like that to me reminds me of a more pure internet that I like grew up finding resources on. And I feel like I'm like, yeah. So I guess all of this to say, and we can get more into it. I don't want to make it just about that. And totally. I certainly don't mean to make it just like a Reddit plug, but I'm genuinely interested. And I think that that's a cool role that you have. Uh, so I'm like, oh, interesting. Crazy yeah. that they're paying attention to that. That's cool that you have a, a role there to do that. Yeah, it's a privilege like anything else. I, I find a lot of passion. My my two objectives in life uh, with any work I do is elevating marginalized communities and teaching people tech is not scary, especially creatives. Oh, so, fuck. What a good mission statement. I mean, <laughs> I think I've always approached technology like I'm super intrigued by this, but as a marginalized person, it's a very scary place. How do I empower them to realize what spaces they can take back and wow. reclaim? Um, in addition to how do we how do we elevate the next generation of marginalized communities to realize that they can take these things by the reins? Fuck, that's so cool. Because like, I mean, again, too, I maybe we agree on this. Like, I love and hate the internet equally. <laughs> Like yeah, I really like because there's a side of it where it's legitimately a tool, right? And you can mm -hmm. bring together communities and you can learn and you can educate and you can bring together. Yeah. And that's my favorite thing, right? This podcast wouldn't happen like so many of the guests on this show that I don't know is me sending a random message on an internet platform just being like, yo, I fuck with what you do. That totally. wouldn't be possible without the internet. But then there's another side of it where it's so toxic and all you're doing is comparing yourselves and all it's doing is creating like 
more and more capitalism and more and more biased opinions and all that. So the fact that you have that mission statement and that you are adding to the positive side of that is something that I genuinely respect. I appreciate that. And I think um, there's this Will Smith quote I really like hold true. Um, Racism isn't new. It's just being filmed. And I think a lot about that with the internet. The more available it becomes to a lot of different people, the reality and the reflection of our society comes with that. But it's also the world is non-binary. The internet is non-binary. There is not black or white. There's a lot of gray. Mm. So we have to be able to sit in that discomfort in order to really understand what this looks like and how we can um, reclaim it for the people that need it. That's crazy. It's crazy that you say that like that because similar but not the same. Mm. I oftentimes say that like if life was just black and white it would be easy but the unfortunate truth is so much of it is a gray area totally and the more successful you're going to be in life is the better you can navigate that gray area Absolutely. so it's like a parallel yeah yeah i love that, that. yeah very wow. similar damn okay so let's let's go back a little what sure. made you this compelling person that you are <laughs> like how far back do you go to finding potentially a purpose and a desire to to do that and like where does that come from like like what is early you leading up to this what's that look like i guess the best context to start is like i'm a child of immigrants my parents immigrated from bolivia when i was 17 and 18 uh sorry when they were 17 and 18 rather and i was born here raised okay. here an american with that and when i was 11 years old i was signed to a record deal no and shit. i will say it's like not like a umg like it wasn't like and i for that matter, when you're signed at 11, you're very cute. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, 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 like yeah. you're like the karaoke at cruise ships type of like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you see like a little kid at a cruise ship, you're like, fuck, that kid is incredible and brave. Yeah. Like, um, I did have a, I do have a talent for songwriting. Yeah. Um, and someone, uh, my guitar teacher at the time saw that and brought in his business partner to be able to sign me. And I recorded an album, co-produced it, learned how to use Logic, learned how to wind cables. Uh, I was in the pilot of a TV show that never aired. Um, and I just had this incredible experience from 11 to 17, um, learning how to be a creator. And when I was 13, 14, you know, I started developing as a young woman. And a lot of those same people that I worked with started asking me to wear tighter clothes, go to certain events. And I just at the time, you know, when you're a kid of immigrants, and not to mention doing well for that matter, right? Um, you kind of just swallow it. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, this is what you got to do. And then when I was 17, the question came up, me going to college or doing this. And I don't think there was a question about if I went to college. It was just a matter if I continued music in the way I was pursuing it, like mm. as an artist. So like college was for sure happening. Yeah. Like it was, uh, <laughs> my parents would disown me if I didn't go to college, but also like, I'm a student of life. Like I wanted yeah. to have an education. But I think that is a thing. Like I've noticed that like my <laughs> it's funny, like child of immigrants. I I guess to some degree I have that. My dad is Scottish and mm. he came here from Scotland. Totally. And he did. Did he despise Scott? No, he just was very excited. He, he recognized the American dream and, mm. and like the opportunity. And I've noticed that theme in a lot of people that don't have parents that are from here 100%. and that have experienced other cultures or other economies or other ways of, of life that there's an intense or a crazy amount of opportunity. Yes. And for parents that sacrifice so much to get here, college or that education is like 
something that you can feel that you almost owe to them or it's something that's so important to them because they've done so much to give you the best. So I understand that. But yeah. it's interesting because like in the spot of already being signed, like maybe that could be something where you're like, well, no, I don't do this. 100%. And it was the distinct reality of like, I could do this or I could go to college or do both. I decided to go to school and not pursue music anymore. If anything, I was just like, I fell out of love with it. I um, was playing shows all the time. I got to play House of Blues, Glass House Pomona. And I just, I took it for what it was, but I've spent the rest of my life making sure no one ever feels that small again. Holy fuck. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's kind of what birthed my passion for working with talent and creators. It was seeing people that have these like same insecurities as I was, was constantly being put in front of things and not getting to make many decisions or being coaxed into decisions or thinking this was the right thing. And I've made my career making sure no one ever feels as small as I did when I was a little kid. That's fucking nuts. And like, what a heavy thing to process at that age, right? Because a lot of times artists will go through this and like the struggles, like I saw it as a tour manager. Sure. Like oh my God. The expectations of artists and what goes into that outside of just making music is insane. Yeah. So I can see those struggles and I understand to some degree. But for you to have to process that at such a young developmental age is wild because typically that'll start around 17. Typically, you get really put into that spotlight at the end of what you experience. Totally. Yeah. So that's I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, you grow up fast as a kid of immigrants, too. Like there's just a lot of like responsibility put on you. And also, I think I just had wonderful parents who I just like credit so much to everything. Like to your point earlier, like I will never live up to my parents' sacrifice. That's the responsibility I carry and also that I wave proudly, but also understand the mental health component of that where I've had to really over the past five years just make very clear boundaries of my expectations, of their expectations of me Wow. Um, and mine of them. So it's been, uh, as you get older, I hope people feel empowered enough to like have really honest conversations with their parents, no matter the result of it, especially children of immigrants. Wow. That's another powerful one because it's so true. And it's like, I'm very, very like, I, I hope I always encourage people to have relationships and good relationships with their parents. It Absolutely. makes me so sad when people don't. Absolutely. But it's like, okay, cool. So you have these parents that have sacrificed so much, but also in respect to us as kids, there's also things that they don't understand. There's things of growing up in the States Absolutely. and growing up in our current culture that they will never understand. Yep. So it's it's an equal ebb and flow there, an equal sacrifice, really. Totally. Well, I don't know how to I don't know how to say that. No, but that, no. I think I think you're perfectly I, I think it's complicated, right? Yeah. And that's my point about like non-binary gray space. Like your parents aren't bad people because they want you to go to college and that's like what they like think is right. Mm. I think a lot of the times the definition of that is very blurry. And honestly, if I went back, um, I'm grateful I went to school because it. I went to, you know, I was living, uh, born and raised in Southern California and I went to college in New York. And it was like, I was culture shocked. And I'm so glad that that happened at that age versus later on in life. So yeah, yeah well, th that's, that's all I was meant to be, basically. That's like in this chapter that you're explaining, like, I'm so fucking intrigued by this because I didn't realize that about you and like, what a pivotal early thing. Mm -hmm. So here you are at 17, you're yeah. out of the music game, you felt so many emotions and went through so much experiencing that. So what happens next? Uh, I want to do publicity. I Interesting. That, like literally I remember um, 
So when I was in high school, I was writing for music blogs mm. and my Nichols Blown Shadow. Um, and I got to interview like Bowling for Soup. I got to interview all these developing artists. I went to go review shows and I was doing that from like 13 to 17. And it was kind of one of those things where it also birthed my um, desire for projects, which we'll, we'll talk about later. But I loved writing and I was really intrigued by pub publicists that were reaching out to me and pitching me. And I was like, I'd like to do that. Like, I'd love to like pitch and represent this talent and protect them in this way. And so I went to school and I just did every internship. I worked at Big Picture Media, Big Hassle, MSO PR, uh, 525 Entertainment, Raby. Oh, well, I ended up working at Raby rather, but um, I just did every like publicity internship possible and every other internship too, uh, uh, Feeling Anxious PR too. And I just like knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. And it was really funny because like I graduated a year early and I remember um, telling one of the admission, uh, one of the ad school advisors that, and they were like, no, you should get another degree if you can graduate early. And I was like, but I know what I want to do. And I don't need anyone telling me that. If anything, I've realized in that time how allergic to authority I was, like these like business professors being like, this is how you do business. And I was like, I could see that for certain things, yeah. but I don't want to do business where it's so like callous and right. rigid and... All, the, all you target is like women between the ages of 25 and like 36. I remember that was a lot of the business competitions and like this is the target audience for everyone. Um, yeah, it was something, something, something age range like that. It definitely like it was the catalyst of realizing like, oh, I know exactly what I want to do and no one's going to help me with that here. So I need to just do it. Fucking pivotal. That's huge. Yeah. Okay, so and like that was like you really felt that PR lane and and you knew. Yeah, I loved it. I loved writing. I loved talking with journalists. I loved making friends. And I think that was the core of like why I really liked that job. And then I worked at Raby uh -huh. in publicity for a few years there. And then I don't really remember applying for anything at Google, but I must have applied to something because I got an email. <laughs> no, literally, like I got an email one day from a recruiter saying there is a role on the creator and artist development team at YouTube. And mm. we'd be in, would you be interested in interviewing for it? And I was like, hell, fucking yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's do this. And <laughs> I I was then I was in that interview process for like six months. No shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was to the point where and Ray Rolden, who's the head founder of Ray B, uh, was my boss at the time. I literally had to tell him halfway into it, like, I'm interviewing for this job. And I just need you to know because I'm going to have to take days off to like go to San Bruno to like do the in-person interviews and I'm going to do these interviews. And it as we get deeper in this process, it's actually looking like I might get this. And so grateful for him to be like, that sounds like an incredible opportunity, like whatever you need. And Whoa, obviously, no if you end up not getting it, like you're more than welcome to be here. But um, if anything changes, just like keep me updated damn respect yeah that's cool yeah that's yeah. really cool yeah a lot of love for him for and sure. you got it yeah and i got it and damn. it felt like that p diddy video puff daddy i don't know what he goes by now yeah, but sure. i can't keep yeah, up diddy yeah. is it maybe just diddy? i don't know i think Who it's knows? diddy yeah you're totally right um my hip-hop game is off but there's this video of him where i think he like closes the deal for breaking a band and he like flips his desk, knocks everything. It's like, I am everything. I can do whatever I want. And I literally, I remember um, the week before that, I was talking to my therapist and I remember crying to her about that role. And I was like, I hadn't gotten it at that point, but I felt like it validated uh, my parents' sacrifice for me. Oh, um, wow. And I felt like 
this was like a movie. Like I got rolling Google. And yeah, I and then her therapist was like, you're going to get this job. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And then a week later, when I went for the appointment, I was like, got the job. You got that job. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. And I also like this is something where I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I think that I did experience like you were saying some of the press companies or the the PR companies that you worked with. Mm -hmm. And I kind of knew that world and I knew like the like independent music, like kind of like that area beyond. But there is definitely a leap of like going from that to like, a oh, that's a I know that company like that's a big old company that's a little bit bigger than just like music and independent music and anything. Yeah. What was that feeling like? Was that something that you thought that you would chase or like was that like a crazy like did you feel like you became this different person? Did it still feel in line with that? Like that's got to be wild to transition from that. It was wild. Yeah. I remember a lot of people hitting me up from our community and just like being like, you made it like you did it. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just like, I oh, my gosh, like I felt like such a weird responsibility. I went from a company with like three people to one of the largest companies in the world with the most like, like, I I don't even want to say it like um, not programmatic, but like very distinct process oriented, like literally invented OKRs and KPIs and all these things that has modeled and shaped every company after that in the world. Yeah. I mentioned earlier, like being culture shocked in New York. The only two times I've ever been culture shocked was when I was in New York, was uh, going to college with a bunch of white people Mm -hmm. and uh, working at Google where it was the first time I saw wealth um, in a way I've never seen it before. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? What what was that? What did that look like? How so, do you remember that? I have a particular memory. Um, a co- I think it was like a month after I started. There's um, uh, there's employee resource groups at companies called ERGs, and they're everything from subject matters like uh, black people at Google, uh, Latinos at Google, and stuff like that. And many companies have these things. And there was women, uh, women at Google, um, conference that was happening, mm-hmm. and I attended, and I was sitting at the front row, and um, I can't remember her name, but it was the head of like legal at YouTube. Like, and she's Latina. She like looks like me. And I was just like, damn, like you're just like so cool. <laughs> and um, she said something that is forever like, and I still like get teary from it, but she was like, um, I make more money in a year than my parents have their entire lives. And <laughs> 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 and the reality is like that sounds cool but it's like such such a crazy thing because i almost feel like i don't deserve it because like my dad worked in hard labor and i'm literally just at a computer all day doing my thing and not to say and i uh, this is like my interpretation from that now but it was just one of those things where i like felt like someone said like something that i exactly was feeling yeah. and i was sobbing like literally just like so like Yes, this is exactly how I feel. This is exactly the words I needed um, to like explain this experience I've had this past month working at a company that I almost don't feel like I deserve to work at. (laughs) That's so insane. Like something that I think to myself is like some of the one of the biggest things is like you have to get out of the way of yourself. Like these things are so possible. Yes. But like literally you can get in the way of it. Like you can be like, I'm not worthy of this. Because like if, you know, your parents have 
worked and had these incredibly meaningful careers and done so much good. And then you go and sit at a computer and make more than they hold. Like that is so crazy. Like yeah. I too am feeling that. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But it's like, I, I, I don't know how to pro or like, I, I know that feeling of like, it's actually difficult to get out of your own way. Like when you 100%. put yourself in a position where you can be that successful, it can be so easy to self-sabotage that or never actually own it or sit with it yeah. because you actually can't fathom it. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, until certain realities face you, like you really don't know how you'll react. Um, and I think you can prepare your whole life for situations and success. Like I remember during that interview process, like I was like, it was like school. Like I was studying, I read everything about Google, YouTube, the company, the history. Um, I like, I, I read all these like business books about like star now like stars like a uh, uh, strategy tactic analysis result wait oh, cool. situation tactic re re analysis result and how you like answer your questions like modified my resume like it was like every day after work or when the hours I could I would just like study holy fuck so yeah. you like leveled up as a an educated person oh my god going I, into all that those skills I have carried with me for the rest of my career and I teach them to people because I've kind of like been remi reminded of recently I'm working on um women in music I'm on the women in music diversity inclusion council and uh we're doing this amazing interview uh inter internship opportunity where the whole premise is like people that 100% do not have any experience of music Whoa. yeah so that's like the main qualifier they have not had internships they have not you know maybe not even um have, have college experience or anything like that but are interested in music passionate about it and willing to work hard and one of the people in our committee was kind of like oh we should include like in a rubric like if they sent thank you notes or something like that mm. and our head of diversity inclusion chissy who's incredible noted like no like some people don't know how to do that. And that's not a reflection of their inability to like be successful. It's just some people literally have never been taught to write a thank you note because they haven't had the privilege of having to like say thanks for a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I in not to say like, you know, my parents um, taught me how to do those things of grateful enough and privilege. But I had, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know how to do at Google. Like, I didn't yeah. know. I remember there's this concept. I remember, uh, like, halfway to my job there, there's a thing called dog fooding. Um, okay, yeah. So, yeah. I so I would get these emails constantly. I'm like, anyone want to dog food this? And I just, like, really thought, like, Google has, like, a dog food business. <laughs> but apparently, it's a tech term used when someone wants to try out a product or a feature. So, you're dog fooding it because the theory is that you would try your own dog food before it goes out of the market, which is a true thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I was just, there's these like cultural things that I just like started learning being at this company. If anything, the biggest thing that Google taught me was how to work at Google. And I have since like <laughs> taken that everywhere. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But that how to work at Google was enough of a foundational skill where it was a valuable thing to translate and carry over everywhere else. 100%. Because certain companies like, I don't want to carry that with me. I don't <laughs> I don't want to remember how to work for X company because totally. it was toxic and fucking terrible. <laughs> so like how to work at Google is a good thing that yes. apply. Okay. I think it's a good thing post. I think during the time, um, there's a certain rigidness to certain things at the company. Mm -hmm that were very um, hard to swallow. I think the reality too is like, it's a very slow company. Mm. And not to say slow means bad all the time. It just means that sometimes to enact real change, it really like something bad has to happen, um, which is a little, it's tough to swallow. When I was working at YouTube, 
There was a company that pulled out their advertising um, during the times, a very large company that put a lot of weight into YouTube advertising. Yeah. And the reason for it was there's this feature at YouTube. I actually don't even know it was turned back on, but basically timestamps in the comments yeah. where if you clicked on the timestamp, it'll take you to the exact clip in the video. Yeah, it's still there. I do it for the podcast. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. 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 So pedophiles uh -huh. were using that to mark certain points in a video that could be very innocent that were marking where children were. Oh, no. Exactly. And so I remember seeing that. Uh, and, you know, here, like, obviously getting delivered this information. And so the reaction was we turned off that feature for any channel that had people under the age of 18 or videos of children under the age, uh, you know, children. Obviously, I I think that was the right thing to do. Like, I stand by that because what else is the solution there? Yeah, that's fucking terrible. Absolutely. And but, you know, you had some artists that um were under 18 at this point in the career and suddenly their video is not getting to monetize. It's not getting to like do these certain things. Exactly. Oh, because if that feature then goes away, you can't use it. Exactly. Oh, God. So, oh. Yeah. So you had a lot of artists, creators that, you know, were getting their videos demonet uh, demonetized, I think is the term. Um, right. Yeah. And you're just like, choose your fucking evil. <laughs> what do you want? Exactly. And like we also, it was like a little weird because we couldn't exactly explain yeah, you couldn't be like, this is why this is happening. Are exactly. you sure you still want it? Exactly. And I think even like I'm oversimplifying it for that matter still. But that was like one of those things where like something bad, bad. had to happen in order for real change. But this was a, something that was happening on the platform way right. before um, someone decided to pull their money out of it. So, right. Yeah, it took so much attention on it from such big people to then be like, oh, fuck, this is an issue. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, you know, all that to say, too, it's not a reflection of all these certain cases. But like I said, sometimes it takes very big things to happen at these big companies in order for real change to happen very quickly. That's like something that I'm in real time, like thinking about with you, where it's like you have experienced so much of the goods and the bads in <laughs> these industries and these professions that I'm like, I can't believe you're still here with us with a mostly <laughs> optimistic and positive view like that shit can be taxing that can take a lot out of you. I think my trust was taken away mm. um, during that time um, from platforms and not to say YouTube or Google like if anyone asked me I think that's an incredible place to work if yeah. you have the opportunity to do so go for it like cool, yeah. you know reap all of it and such. Um, every company, every tech company is evil. <laughs> they're all with the, but they're also beautiful and they're doing things that have a lot of gray space to them. So I think that's the mindset I go into everything now and anything mm. in business. Like you are not perfect. Yeah. You are not of my family. If my morals are compromised, I will challenge that because I will not like live and die by like your sinking ship. Right. Um, so if anything, I would not probably be in this industry anymore. I felt empowered to like, all right, I need to fucking protect people. Like I need to do something to where it makes people feel, you know, safe. And I, you know, yeah. obviously being a child that was signed, like I was like, look, like <laughs> oh I got to protect God. all the younger people I have on my channels and stuff like that and stuff and, you know, have to continue to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Like, as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, my God, I get it. It's like, yeah, like you're aware of both sides. But it's like if this is this gray space that can be adapted and you're aware of both the goods and the evils, maybe you're not going to change the world. But if you can tip that gray space scale to the good, then like it's a fight worth fighting. 100 percent. Robin Damn. Hood, that shit. Like, li <laughs> no, literally, like. 
I think um, I have colleagues that have asked me, or not colleagues, um, a lot of friends that have asked me, I don't know if I should work at Amazon. I don't know if I should work at this company. And I was like, listen, they're all evil. They all yeah. got their evil things. Nike, yeah. Adidas, like all these things. But the people in them, yeah, a lot of the good in there, there's yeah. amazing people that you'll work for. Um, but you have to go in the mindset that these things are evil and you need to challenge them and protect people that are part of them. Mm. And also too, if you have like, you know, moral consciousness against like certain companies to work for them like take what you're making give it to the world like empower people that are being abused by these systems like do something about it not just like be like i'm not gonna take this very expensive job because i don't like them and i think there are cases to do that like you know but i think um the complexity of these companies doesn't lean to benefit marginalized individuals who don't want to seek jobs from that i think you can I think you could take reclaim these things and enable other marginalized communities to ele- elevate them and empower them. That's fucking cool. Wait, and actually to that point, I feel like you said such a big thing that I didn't like fully conclude in my head. But so you went to that women in Google thing and, yeah. and uh, the she what was her title again? Uh, she was Super like the head high. of legal at YouTube. Head Something of crazy legal, like right, that. And yeah. she shares that. Ultimately for you, what did you take away from that? Like, like, did that help? Like, did you do you now feel more comfortable with like owning it of being like, I can be a fucking boss. And like, <laughs> I get like, did that level you up in a good way? Like, like, where do you stand on that now? I will always have a complicated relationship with money. Mm. Well, coming from where I do with my family um, and not to say they ever made us feel poor because I feel like I've only had wonderful experience in childhood. But then. When you look back and you like tell friends when you're older, like it's kind of like, um, have you ever heard like the poop fork story? No. Oh my God. It's this like famous Reddit thing, but it's a good uh, metaphor. <laughs> but basically like Please. this person was like in college and was like, oh, where's the poop knife or something? And they're like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? And basically this man has grown up using a knife to like break up his poop. So it flows down the train easier. Exactly. And it's one of those stories like normal for you when you grew up right telling adults it's like right. oh maybe there's something complicated about it like my sto- one of my stories is like uh my high school had a nursery mm. because of the amount of like teen pregnancies there were and so it it was kind of beautiful though like it enabled people to still be able to finish their high school degree mm-hmm. um and have their kids like you know taken care of and i think about that and yeah. like this go- and then going to this like you know, women ERG thing. And I was like, oh, I have to take these things with me. Wow. You know, I can't just erase it. I don't want this town to change me or these like industries to change me. And I think they have in a way that I'm able to like be in the streets and also like be in a boardroom, you know? Um, But I have to like be very conscious to preserve my culture um, in the forms that I have learned it and not leave it at the door and not feel, not feel like anyone's like, trying to keep me from doing that yeah well what's interesting is like that on its own is beautiful but an observation that i have about you and just like our casual conversations watching you interact with our friends all of that is like you keep it so chill and you don't have that like la sweet brag i'm so successful i made it out of indie music i do this like you're just like oh that's awesome like i'm so happy. like yo dude what's up glad you're succeeding glad you're happy that's awesome cool like and I, I think that like being brutally honest, I think that coming from uh past, like I, I think that that can be such like a 
high school, everybody's trying to pull each other down and it's sure. such a competition to succeed that I even hold a chip on my shoulder now that I like made it out or like I found my own success where mm. I'm like, I'll shoot them. And I'm like, kind of like I have like this like weird chip on my shoulder kind of thing. <laughs> and I don't notice that about you. I think that you're very much just like celebrate people's victories. No, nothing to prove. I think that's really cool. I appreciate it. But I think to that point, like we are allowed to live in a state of ambition and gratitude at the same time, mm. you know? And I think if that falls one way or the other, that's when it gets dangerous. So mm. I think you can have a chip on your shoulder, but make sure on the other one, there's something that, you know, is reminding you that, oh, I'm still myself. Damn, you're fucking wise. I like this. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> Okay, so moving on in your story. Yeah. So you do not work at Google and YouTube anymore. I do not, yeah. Here you are at Reddit. I am. And it's interesting because I think, like, especially as I'm learning your story, you are so much more than just, like, in music. But what now, like, what is that evolution going from Google to now Reddit? And, like, where do you kind of sit in life? And, like, you also... You were telling me about like the, the oh my God, I'm spacing it, but what you're working with, with music and helping people in music as well. Sure, sure. So like, what is this current evolution and like, where does everything stand? I've always done everything. Um, I, my philosophy as far as the way I work is like, I need to start at like 200% mm. because I can go less. But if I started 200, I'd develop the stamina in order to continue it, Sick. basically. So like when I was even a publicist, I was working at Fender. I was working at even at Brooklyn. I was doing like all these like freelance social media stuff, like con- like doing stuff for labels too. Yeah. Um, and at Google, I had to stop because of the way like my contract worked and everything. Right. And I got so bored. Whoa. Yeah. And I think the company is like intellectually challenging. And I think the people I was working with are incredible. But man, that is an 11 to 2 job at times. And I I just um, and I I would credit that to mostly like myself, you mm. know, like maybe um, a lot of other people don't find it easy and I don't want to minimize the role or anything. But like I just found myself like really bored and really like uninspired at certain points. So I then went to Q&A Human Resources and a similar experience where like I had one role and one job. And after I was laid off in April and, you know, completely broke down truly and wholeheartedly, I found myself a Reddit and I promised myself that I was going to do whatever I wanted to do. And yeah. not in a way that's like like a conviction in anything I like pursue, but radical transparency with all the companies I work with, mm. letting them know like if I can't do something and why I can't do it mm. in certain cases. So I don't think you always need to do that. Mm. Um, but now I like, you know, do Reddit and I also work, uh, do a lot of consulting for companies like Wide Entertainment, like with project management marketing. I do DSP strategy for like downtown records. I uh, am an investor, um, help uh, consult at like tech companies. I'm like on a couple of diversity inclusion boards. I, you know, do a lot of this different stuff because like student of life and I just like want to do it. So like, why not? I like so much relate to that. It's like, I wish that I could just have one thing, but like my creative ADD or whatever that is. Exactly. Like, it's, like, you just like, you're like, okay, now what? Exactly. Yeah. So, so do you find your, and like, I'm so curious genuinely because I think that sometimes I will ideal idolize the idea of like, cool, you're set, good salary, you're chilling, good company status, Google type job. Sure. And I'll be like, I should just do with that and chill and like enjoy more of life. But I've never experienced that specific role. And mm. now here you are back in this. Like, do you find one more fulfilling than the other now that you're back on this side? You're like, no, 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 this is better. Or I, is I that don't too think, simple of a way to ask it? I don't think that's simple at all. I think, um, I think the reality is 
I don't live in a state of absolutes. Hmm. You know, like this is the way I feel now. Hmm. And maybe in like 40 years, I'm just going to go to pasture at Google and like, you know, do the job for a couple of years. <laughs> Literally. And like, you know, um, and just enjoy the time with whatever ambition I have. I think right now I'm in a state of like being feeling really content for the first time in a long time and feeling like I'm challenged in a way. I, if anything, I feel like I could do like 40% more in like in additional roles. I think in the roles I'm doing, I'm like appropriate, like putting time <laughs> into them. But I just want to be like a little kid and just be excited and like give energy to things. Yeah. Fuck. That's cool. That's a that's a great place to be. And I think that like when you find that pocket mm. and you have that little sense of fulfillment, like it's I, my interpretation of that is it's very important to be present in that because that is rare and it ebbs and flows. Yeah. So whatever that is that makes you get to that spot, it's just like, cool, dance with that, live in that. It doesn't need to be any more or less or whatever. Yeah. Um, and if you feel like, I think something my therapist and I talk about a lot, like a couple weeks ago, I was like, I don't want to work at Red anymore. She was just like, Maria, like <laughs> you do this thing where you just feel like something's too slow or something's too like, like something's too uncomfortable and you don't sit in the discomfort and you need to do that. And that is like growing up. And I was like, look, Kristen, <laughs> Kristen. <laughs> yeah, like, and I was like, she's absolutely right. You need to sit in discomfort sometimes realize that this is just how it is. And, but not in a way that doesn't bring you joy. Mm. It's just in a way that you can't just like live life by just like, unabashedly like going about it you know right. just getting everything you want stuff because that's not how the world works right so i'm you know kind of doing this practice of being present by yeah. sitting in discomfort and Whoa. realizing that's where i'm at and that's okay you said uh, it was q a that you left in 2020 mm -hmm. and you like fully broke down uh 2021 2021 yeah it's all good okay. um but yeah i i was let go from my job i was called one day and said my role was eliminated yeah um and there was no longer needed there yeah and i broke down and when i say very seriously I, and i don't take it lightly like i, I didn't want to live anymore really yeah 100 percent. i felt like i left this amazing job at google for this company and there are a lot of amazing people that work there and yeah. there's a lot of really good they're doing for an um, empowering artist and such. But I was just so broken. And right. uh, I think a lot about, I, I don't think as much about it anymore. But at the time, I went through a period of just feeling so broken and a shell of a human. And I say that with all uh, the reality of that because I felt like I, I just let my family down, my friends down. Like, do you think that like you identified so much of your self-worth with a job? So then to have that taken away, you were just like, who the fuck am I? I think that, but I think more of like, um, I put a lot of trust in the company uh, and that's what was broken. Yeah. And I think I just took that and I was like, I can't trust anyone. Holy shit. Yeah. But then. And later on, I was like, I can't trust anyone. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. It's like, it was just a perspective change on it. And um, I just really like, really took a hard look at myself and my time and what I really wanted to do. And I can't trust anyone. And that's okay. Damn. That's 
fucking heavy and powerful. But I like I, I the reason I wanted to go back to that okay. is because <clears throat> I do feel that you're a very honest person and like you're very real, like you keep it very real and you sh- you're happy to share all of this. And as, as we talk about this and the whole podcast being like this, this come up story in, in creative careers and all of this, like there are fucking lows to this shit. And I think that so much of the growth is in those lows. And it's so easy not to talk about them or to pretend like they're not there or like, I don't know, like just there's a lot of growth and lessons in that. And it's I find it encouraging when I hear people that I look up to just own it. And they're like, I don't want to fucking leave. You're like, oh, my God. okay, like I'm going to be okay. Like I'll get through. I find that I find that helpful to hear that in a weird fucked up way. 100%. 100%. I think um, there's this like kind of the metaphor I use for people when I describe that moment in my life was like sometimes when you tune a guitar mm. and you're just like that half step like barely can get it like yeah. to the to the key you want it at. Sometimes you need to tune it all the way down just to hear how far you are from it to the actual note. Interesting. And, and I think in the way of like my experience that like I was low like <laughs> like I was un unwell um to say the least i didn't leave my room for weeks i barely ate i um was talking to my therapist like almost like every every week every day if not um and oh man i just like felt so so broken like i I felt ashamed um and all these things but i i look at that and i was like i needed that like i needed the to untune my guitar wildly to realize how far from the note I was and the note of my life being like, I wasn't really happy. Holy fuck. And I wasn't really content. And it had to do with more me yeah. um, than any of the companies I've been at. And I just had to like really look at that and realize where I was at in order to get to the tuning I needed to. That's so insane. And so to, to like really dig into that just sure. because it's so powerful being at like a literal fucking zero and now here you are at a much better place right much <laughs> yeah, closer much to that better place. Well, maybe we can't call life 100 because there's always bullshit but totally totally a lot better what were like specific steps or like what was that healing process or how did you get how, how did you start kind of picking yourself back up and getting there um i have amazing family and friends that were just like you have nothing to be ashamed about like Everyone just lost their job. Yeah. And given some people lost it because like bottom lines were just not met at certain companies because of the COVID. And you still do amazing work. I just had a lot of people that were reminding me of my worth. And at some point I believed it. I mean, I finally did things like I started working out. Mm. I got on medication because mm. I, I I suffer from anxiety and depression. I mean, I don't say suffer anymore. I say like I overcame anxiety and depression. I still maintain that. Fuck yeah. Um, and at the time, I think that was the other thing too about the reality of that era was like I did not take care of myself. I did not eat three meals a day. Mm. I did not. Um, I did not like seek medication. I had long overdue like doctor's appointments and stuff like that, and I just did not take care of myself. And I wouldn't blame that on the company. I, yeah. I would blame it on. I feel like um, I was. I think I gave this example to you um when we were chatting previously. But like, there's a psychology aspect of terrible twos, and like um uh, basically the concept is that someone said this to me, but um every kid experiences t- terrible twos, um but sometimes it's not a two. It's at four. It's at five. It's at six. 
But at some point in their life, they experience terrible twos. And at some point in your life, you will look at it and be like, this is not what I want. And that was mine. And it was going to happen with Q&A. It was going to happen with some company at some point. Mm. Um, But that was the moment it did for me. I just had to reclaim my life in the way I wanted that could be healthy. And now I'm on medication. Mm. I still talk to my therapist. I go to doctor's appointments with any ailment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I talk to my parents more. I'm a better daughter, better Mm. sibling. uh, And I'm a better friend to a lot of the people who are just supportive of me and that I didn't spend a lot of time with. So it was almost like an internal reflection of like starting back at square one of you as a person, an individual, and like taking a little bit better of a look at that, being a little more honest with that. Like you were saying that thing about eating and I was thinking about that, like that's so real. Like there'll be times where I'm like, why am I off? And I'm like, I haven't ate. I haven't had enough water. I haven't been in the sunlight. Like these are very basic things that you would think that like as adults we would comprehend. But like we also as adults uh, are, we have the freedom to neglect them on our own with no one, no consequence. 100%. Whereas with a kid, it's like eat your food. (laughs) <laughs> your vegetables like you know <laughs> exactly and that that's that's crazy all of those things like such basics but i also again love that that is your answer because i think that if anybody is at such a low that's such a real tangible start literally right now like go eat a meal and like you know check in with yourself like are is your health good like start there totally. that's, that's helpful yeah and yeah. james clear's atomic habits he talks oh. about the oh Oh, fucking great book. Let's go. Right. But, and I always was really fascinated by the 1% rule. And yeah. for people that don't know it, basically, it's like like the British cycling team improved by 1% with everything they do, like grease the wheels a little more, change the tires a little more, stuff like that. And eventually they won the Tour de France. Yep. And I think in life, like people think it's a lot of like drastic changes. I think media shapes these things in your life. Like this is the moment. This is the climax and stuff. And very dramatically, but honestly, a lot of change can just simply happen by just 1%. Right. And the compounding effect of those 1% turning into 2%, turning into 3% and like continuously going and going. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh man. That's also for anybody that doesn't read, I can link this, but I found an incredible 30 minute YouTube summarization of that book. Ooh, send, yeah. I'll send it to you. Because to me, it's so nice. Like I read the book and I was like, this is tight. And then I found that video and I was like, ooh, this is a great way to like remind myself of everything that I loved in it mm. with like only taking 30 minutes out of my day. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. yeah, yeah, yeah. But fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. That's it. <laughs> great book. <laughs> yeah. I think what I respect about you is it's not just music and it's something, it's such a bigger picture. But I also very much feel that you have this, I don't know if philanthropic is the right word, but you have this way of like really genuinely wanting to help as many people as possible. Sure. And I think that you're a part of a couple of those things. So like what almost the plug of like what are you doing and how can somebody that's listening to this who's like fuck yeah thank you maria like how do they get involved with what you're doing how like where are we at right now like what are some of these ways that people can continuously add to this positive momentum yeah women music i'm on the diversity inclusion council women music incredible or nonprofit organization um trying to break the glass ceiling but also like you know i think uh with feminism and such it's not about just like empowering women it's about creating an equal playing field for everyone involved fuck yeah at my work i'm involved in our i'm a leader in our lgbtqia erg so and my pillars are like advocacy and education so kind of showing our allies and not to mention our queer community like how do we um do better about educating ourselves about each other and not to mention um advocating for needs as we see fit amongst other things like i mentioned i invest and so i only invest in marginalized 
uh, and LGBTQIA businesses and business no owners. Shit. Yeah. So that's been really, um, really, really amazing. So once again, like Robin Hooding it, like just reinvesting into the, yeah. that. And as far as like how you enact real change, um, I narrow it down to three things, but first and foremost is community. Mm. And I think a lot of the times, like I've talked to a few colleges where they're like, you know, they go to these like major city schools and stuff like that. I was like, if you're from Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. if you're from like, you know, Tacoma, Montana, mm. um, go back there mm. and educate people, show them. And I I know that sometimes your ideas are too big for your small town, mm. but I promise you that is how you enact real change by those communities. There's this concept in tech called brain dump. And basically um, these, you know, coastal like tech companies will hire from the Midwest and take them away. And then you just have an entire Midwest that's a certain way. And these people never come back to their hometowns. And I'm not saying you have to go move back to your small town, but you have to do better about being part of that community and being active in the things you want to change about it. Wild. Yeah. Well, that kind of comes back to like something that you were saying and that I love is like with Google and what you learned at Google, like there's a lot of people that could have, they are more than qualified to fucking kill it at these companies and make a great living and actually change things. But because they don't have foundational skills that will get them a foot in the door, they will never have that chance. Exactly. So I think about that where I'm like, and like, I can I give a specific example? I don't know. But like, if you could mm. teach somebody how to make a better resume or write a better email or like these little things that at least get your foot in the door, that to me, like, that's something where I'm like, that's fucking cool. Totally. Yeah. And I think the <clears throat> mistake often too, and the other thing, um, the other like pillar is communication. Like, I think mm. oftentimes people are like, oh yeah, just reach out to me if you want to talk and stuff like that. And I still think you should do that. And I I do that. Like, I'll hop on the phone with anyone. But I have certain boundaries for certain things where like, hey, can you look at my resume? And it's like, honestly, I do not have the time to. Mm. And sometimes I can. Sure. Um, But just being very clear with the people that reach out to you and the time they're giving you as much as you're giving to them. Right. Like what you can and can't do and yeah. what you need from them. My friend Brian Mooney said this and I thought it was a really good way of like um organizing. But he said, I'll introduce you to anyone. Just write me an email. Write me what you want to do and clarify that with me and I'll forward it along. And it's just like, that's what he needs in order to like do the thing he wants to help with. Whereas oftentimes I find that people like reach out to, they're just like, stop responding. Mm. And I remember that happened to me as a kid. And I'm not saying that someone's time is important. I'm not even saying that, you know, they're bad people or anything, but you just have to tell the next generation, those people that are reaching out to you from obscurity, Mm. like what you need and what they need. And those are the foundations of boundaries that they can really grasp. Oh my God. That's so huge. Because to, to add to that, it's like the next or this, this generation, not to put us above anyone or anything like that, but like, there are so many people that are willing to help, but you have to be so clear about how you can help. Yes. And that's not a bad thing. But like, I re- actually remember this, like it, the kind of like the the go to comment of like the Instagram DM that's like, yo, put me on. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, OK, like put, put you on to what? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> exactly. Where it's like I remember hitting somebody up that like I wanted to be a part of this thing so badly. And mm. I was like, yo, I love what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And I thought I had like a solid thing. Yeah. And then they kind of put it back in my court and they're like, all right, sweet. The opportunity is yours. What are you going to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to bring to the table? What do you bring to the table? Yeah. And I had to be like, oh, fuck. Okay, so I got (laughs) it. But now, like, what did I get? Totally. Right. So it's like it's like, how do you 
how do you remind people that are chasing that thing of like, be so, so clear about what you want and what you can do and benefit to help people? Totally. Because like the attention and the time of people higher up, like it's not that they won't give you the opportunity, but their time is valuable. So just to say it so clearly and concisely of like, this is who I am. This is what I would do. If you could connect me with this or if you could give me the opportunity to do this, it would make my life. Totally. And then you're like, okay, sweet. Like that, that takes 20 minutes for me. Like, let's go. Easy. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. I think the other thing I want to take away from too is like, my time is not more valuable than yours. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. we're all humans. And if we continue to live in like this hierarchical so social structure that we've created, like, I think that's when we start losing, really. Like, a lot of people do a lot of things that make take up their time and such like that. There was something that someone said to me a minute ago where like um, they had uh, their like a director and their coordinator uh, is doing a lot of director work. And they were just like, he needs to pay her dues or something like that. Mm. And I was like, no, I don't want to live in a world where people pay their dues. I want to live in a world where they're, you know, the work they're doing, the character they have, is more of a reflection of where they deserve rather than these companies putting like, oh, you can wait a year to be promoted or right. yeah, or you have to get to this level or you have to do this and stuff like that. Like yeah. if you're doing the work and you're a good, a, like a solid individual, yeah. like yeah, I don't think a, I don't think a title should determine that. Right. Like the merit of the person you are and like what you're what you put in is what you get out. Like totally. restoring a world where we're a little closer to that. Exactly. And like dudes is a weird, people. weird thing. Like I don't yeah. I don't I don't like that anymore. Yeah. That's so interesting. And that is like that's something that I don't know how you necessarily break that. I think there's probably a lot of layers to that and sure. whatnot. But I, I love what you say there. And I I feel that. That's cool. Yeah. It's gray space once again. Like you know, there are certain things where I think you have to learn stuff. And mm -hmm. I think that doesn't take away from that. Like, you just have to do the work, be present in it, and make sure you're foundationally doing your job. And if you do more than that, you should be rewarded for it, celebrated. Yeah. Um, and if anyone just to swat you down, like, nah, man, that's a no for me, dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that that's that's completely uncalled for. Yeah. Fuck, that's cool. I just think that's cool, too, that you're in a position where, like, you can you can continue to remind people of that. And like, here you are like adding positivity to the gray space. Like that's really, really cool. Totally. I, and I think like too, it's like, I feel like it's not even positivity. It's just like the reality. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not to, I, I remember I struggled during the time that I lost my job to be, like be positive. Mm. And I was just like, just being straight up real with someone. It's like how I do believe like people don't talk enough about love in a way that feels like people are like, Oh, like, uh, like for me, there's a book called All About Love um, by Bell Hooks. And she talks about like people don't talk enough about love. People don't talk enough about like their current state in life. And it doesn't shouldn't be hopeless or desperate to like want and desire love. And it shouldn't be hopeless or desperate to want and desire a job or be unemployed or be employed and all these things. It should just be what it is. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, and we're allowed to just discuss it openly. But I, I think to your point, like, it's a cultural shift and it's a community you surround yourself with that help um, slowly but surely uh, create a new culture that allows for people to feel more included. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so fucking cool. I, you just you set such a great example. And, and, and it's like these are conversations that I, I really live for having on the podcast. Right. Like it's not. I don't care about really a specific job title or this <laughs> or that or like a is it music is it that it's just like 
the more to me, like the more we can have conversations like this and like hopefully encourage more and more people to like shift the narrative of culture and make it a little bit better. Like that's pretty cool to me. So thank you for so perfectly sharing your story and like adding to that. It's fucking cool. I appreciate it. A lot of mutual respect and admiration, truly. Fuck yeah. So to conclude, what's uh like where can people find you? What's the best place to to get involved in some of the things you're doing? Like I'll obviously link everything, but just to explain it. Sure. Um I think with Reddit stuff, Maria.coronas at Reddit. Fuck yeah. Um Can you hear that, listeners? That's the direct Reddit <laughs> email. That's rare. That's treat that with respect. Say exactly what you need and want. <laughs> exactly. And um I don't know. I think I, I people hit me up on socials and I try to be good about it, but I uh, I, I think email is my easiest thing. Um, I don't know. I think if you want to be involved, like you can pick these big companies, organizations and stuff, but just really start just changing your direct community and like really thinking about how you can invest more in that clear communication, your community and just like your ability to just be honest about things that you feel like you're comfortable enough to do so. like salaries, promotions, job losses, job gains, conversations with managers, conversations about uh, your income, balancing stuff. Like the more we could just have radical honesty, I think is uh, going to change things for the next generation. And that's what we need. That's fucking sick. Fuck yeah. What a great <laughs> episode. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure, dude. Seriously. It was amazing. So there you go. Maria's story. I really, really hope you got something out of that and you enjoyed it and you feel that same wave of positivity and inspiration that I currently do as well. One thing you might have noticed is she was gracious enough to share her email address at the end there. It's very rare that people do that. Please respect that. But if you have something to say to her or questions for her, I'm sure she would be happy to answer them. So hit her up just like we talked about with a nice, concise email, letting her know what she can help you with. That's exactly why this podcast exists, is I really want to help anybody, inspire anybody, no matter where you're at in your career, to make all of this culture and creative space a better place. So please hit me up with suggestions. Let me know guests you want to hear from. And just in general, supporting the podcast, sharing this on every platform, letting friends know about it, subscribing, all that stuff. I don't really care about the number or the metrics, but I care about reaching more people. So the more that as a community we share and spread this, the more that happens, the more people I can talk to, the more people we can help. And then I feel very fulfilled and happy and hopefully people learn. So if this episode was helpful to you and you enjoyed it, if you don't mind spreading the word and sharing it in any way you want to, I very genuinely appreciate that. One thing that I also talk about from time to time is the Where Are All My Friends Discord, where we will do voice hangs in chats. And I have the feeling that Maria would be very down to do such a thing. So if you would be interested in one with her, please let me know and I'll try to set that up with her. I think that really covers it. Thank you as always for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode.